Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, celebrating 20 years of bringing the outdoors to Colorado radio, here's Terry Wickstrom. Good morning on this beautiful Colorado outdoor weekend. We are going to have some great weather. Other than listening to this show, there's no excuse for you to be not outdoors doing something and enjoying it this weekend. No matter what you like to do. And by the way, we're going to cover a lot of that today. Obviously, we're going to cover some fishing updates throughout the hour with a few different people. We'll talk about what's going on. Um, where the hot bite is, what's coming up in the fishing part of things. We're going to talk quite a bit about that. We're also in the second hour going to talk about interaction on the water between fishermen, boats, paddle boards. We're going to talk about safety and and etiquette and interaction. We're going to cover that in the second hour today because we want everybody to be able to go out and really have a good time and enjoy the outdoors. couple things you need to know. Uh, starting next week, uh, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors for... Uh, Starting next week through the end of July, the show's going to move from uh, 9 to 11 to 10 to noon. We're bringing back the golf show, and they're going to go from 8 to 10, and we'll go 10 to noon. Uh, just through the end of July, then we'll go back to our 9 o'clock spot. Um, we, we're just trying to juggle some schedules to make room for everybody, but hopefully you'll follow us to that second hour. Later on, we'll, uh, we'll keep all the good guests and all the good information going. And don't forget, if you miss the show, we podcast Everything. You go to 1043thefan.com, go to the menu, pick Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. You'll find hour by hour podcasts and interview by interview podcasts. So go ahead and, you know, if you can't listen, uh, go ahead and bring those up and listen later on. And then I always cover something about what we talk in the radio in my column on the Denver Post. So, and we post that on Facebook. And you really need to uh, like us and follow us on Facebook. We're doing a number of things. First of all, if we have a special guest, Coming up, we will announce it on Facebook. The time change was on Facebook. We always link to my column in the Denver Post on Facebook. And we every time we put a new te- another television show up on our YouTube channel, we, we post that on Facebook. And we do contest information on Facebook. Now, our Facebook page, again, is just Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook. And we're, we're going to give away a $99 valued gift certificate for honey smoked salmon at least one a month okay so but there's always going to be a trivia Karen posts trivia on our Facebook for our cele- we're celebrating our 20 years in radio and honey smoked salmon is sponsoring a trivia question 20 years of Terry Wickstrom and radio and you never know what week we're going to ask that question but the answers are always posted on our Facebook page, so you need to be there. Also, we're going to have some other gifts, do some other trivia, and there's other information. So follow us on Facebook at Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Follow us to the uh, 10 to noon starting next week for a few months, and just stay with us. we got lots to cover. Uh, Don't forget, and I'm going to go right to the phones right now. And as I bring this uh, gentleman up, we have Austin Parr from Discount Tackle. Good morning, Austin. How are you, Terry? Thanks for having me. I'm doing good, and I had one more housekeeping item I wanted to cover, but I thought I'd bring it up while you were on the air, and that's it. People need to remember now that their fishing license, if they have an annual fishing license, runs out the end of this month. Yep, just about done. I've been selling them down here at the shop already on our fancy new license machine. Yeah, so they're available. Now, uh, they start April 1st, right? So you can't get one now. It's If you get one now, it's not good prior to that, is it? Exactly. So... 
If you purchase one now, even an annual fishing license, you're only good until the end of this month. But, however, you can still purchase one for the next year, and the, the license that you held for the, the previous year is good up until the end of the month. Right, and, you know, it used to be first of the year, and then they moved it to combine it with the small game license so they could do the combined license and things. And it's just it's a time of the year when you might not think about a fishing license running out. That's why we want to remind everybody about that and make sure they remember. Um, I can... Sometimes I get close to it and I forget. So we have exactly. to, we just got to remember if you're going out there. So speaking of fishing, what's going on out there? I've been an out of, out of state this last week, so I kind of lost touch. I need you to fill me in. You know, it's been interesting. You know, we had a, a very warm spring and, you know, we've had a couple of storms that have come through, some more coming through this next week. But it's definitely adjusted how the walleye spawn has been in town. Um, you know, Cherry Creek right now, we're dealing with a lot of post-spawn fish out there. We were out yesterday after the little front moved through, and it wasn't fantastic yesterday, but the fishing has been pretty steady overall. Uh, but then Chatfield's kind of the same thing, maybe a little bit earlier as far as the spawn is concerned. But, you know, CPW's having a little bit of issue getting some of the fish in their nets right now. Um, but the fishing itself is, is starting to pick up, and then up in the high country we're starting to see a little bit of ice off, and, and places like Pump House on on uh, the Colorado River have been fantastic up there for fly fishermen and conventional fishermen alike. And, you know, we're going to start to see some ice out and some of our uh, bigger bodies water here over the next couple of weeks as well. A couple of things I want to talk to you about in particular, too. Now, obviously, over the weeks, we talk a lot about that walleye spawn. It's an incredibly popular fish. There's a better chance of catching big walleyes probably in the spring when those big females are vulnerable than any other time, except maybe occasionally in the fall, because they get difficult to catch during the summer. You can catch a lot of those aggressive males. But there's a lot of other fishing going on, too. You know, we talk, we spend a lot of time on that walleye fishing Certainly. but the, the small ponds are waking up with bass and bluegills and crappies and uh, i heard from the hatcheries and we're going to talk to them later on this hour that because of the early warm-up they're, they're dumping a lot of trout early into the lake so there's a lot of stockfish. are you getting reports to those type of things too absolutely and you know this time of year is one of my favorite times to fish your local ponds your big weeds haven't grown yet and you can really fish a lot of different ways but one of my favorites is to actually throw lipless crankbaits and it's a little bit counterintuitive to what you might think in the cold water but throwing something that is a very fast paced and aggressive pattern sometimes will trigger those fish in the touch colder water but with this warm-up their metabolisms are going to start to go and and those largemouth are definitely being uh, pretty cooperative out there in the ponds but we've also been hearing of some pretty good trout action. You know, you're talking about Chatfield in particular, although the west side of the lake is, is pretty torn up as far as access is concerned. I've been talking to several folks that have been heading out on the east side having success with trout, but also a few smallmouth here and there, but then also up above Chatfield as well. We've been hearing of some success with some trout moving in. Yeah, and you know, this time of the year, whether they're holdover trout from last year, first of all, a lot of these front, la- front range lakes get stocked pretty heavily during the... Um, the fall, anticipating some ice fishing. And we, we didn't have a lot of good ice this year, so there should be a lot of holdover fish. And we'll, we'll talk more to the hatchery people later on this hour, but they're telling me because the water in the hatcheries is warmer, the flows are actually not what they would expect them to be on some of the river-supported hatcheries. And the fact they've got a lot of fish, and they're going to—they're putting them pretty heavily. They want to get them in these front-range lakes and ponds before the water gets too warm. And those are put and take. So the person that just wants to go out for a weekend catch some fish, it's really easy. And the same with the panfish too. And you know, one thing that I, you and I talked about earlier this week, there was a post on my Facebook page 
where um, Greg Claggio, who's one of our, our fishing partners, he was out still finishing up some ice fishing, and he was catching crappies up in Minnesota with a little wishbone, uh, and I'm going to talk more about that that bait later on, but the little wishbone uh power bait jig well this is time of the year you know people are putting their ice fishing gear away but you shouldn't put your ice fishing jigs away should you definitely not you know and down here at the store i keep a selection of them out all year long for the simple fact that putting them underneath a slip bobber or you know even you know sometimes we've, we've had success drifting them um in rivers underneath a little drop shot almost like a chet nymph type rig but you can have a lot of really good success on those throughout the season. And, you know, you get a little bit of wind like we had yesterday pushing up against the bank, and you put a flip bobber out there with a tip with a, uh, an ice jig and a little wax form, you can have a lot of success for, you know, not only your trout, but also your panfish as well. Well, and that's, you know, we, we think, you know, we tend to carp- compartmentalize a lot of these lures, and we go, we go okay, I want, I, I'm, I'm ice fishing, I use these little jigs and things. Well, I always have a box of those ice fishing jigs and some gulper power bait, like the wishbone or like a, uh, a small extruded worm or a little maggot from gulp. I always have those in my tackle box. If I get into a situation where it looks like it could be a good panfish bite, I'm already rigged. I can just take, like, you can put a little bobber on so you can get some casting distance, whether it's clip-on or a slip bobber, and you can. And the panfish this time of the year will just eat those up well, all year long. Absolutely, and that's the, the best part about having that gulp is it works so well, it's scented, it's soft, it, it reacts, you know, the fish react to it a lot like live bait, but you can keep it in your boat or in your bag, and, and it can be there ready for those type of applications when you, when you find that opportunity. And that's the biggest thing about, you know, having success in this state is recognizing an opportunity and then being able to have that proper technique in your possession on the spot to be able to switch to it on the fly. And then a lot of times that can save a day or make a day. Oh, you're absolutely right. And, and you can carry that stuff with you. It just lasts forever virtually. And, and you, and whether it's gulp or power bait, or there's a number of other manufacturers, those little baits, and they're really effective for, for the trout too, the stock trout, um, or even the holdover trout. Actually, they're, they'll probably work better on the holdover trout than some of the other baits. Really? That's absolutely true. And that's what, you know, we, we have such a good opportunity in town as well. You know, we talk about these walleyes like we mentioned, but some of the holdover trout in these reservoirs, particularly in Chatfield and Aurora both, they grow to really nice size. And you get a lot of different year classes of fish in there where you'll have fish that can range from, you know, your 12-inch fish all the way up to potentially a 10-plus pound fish. I mean, the, the, the forage base is so good in these lakes and the trout just grow so well and people really overlook them. But this time of year when they get up shallow, Getting that slip bobber rig or even throwing some of your hard lures for them can just be so effective. Yeah, in fact, I wrote a column for the Denver Post a few weeks ago. If you go to my Facebook page, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, you can scroll down through my columns. I've written several columns in the last few weeks about the walleyes in the spring and about the big trout up to 10 pounds in the spring. But, you know, one thing I want to touch on, too, you know, we talk to each other a lot about little rigs and jigs and throwing this particular lure on a pond and all that. Sometimes I think we forget there's probably a bunch of people out there listening right now. They, um, I just got Mike Evans from the show, some fishing rods for his kids, some push button fishing rods. Well, they want to get out fishing. Well, they fish maybe, you know, three, four times a year, right? So they're not, they're not going to have a lot of tackle, a lot of techniques. But right now, you can take a weight and some power bait and go to almost any, check the stocking report and go to almost any place that's been stocked either last fall or this spring and probably have good success, catch a few trout and take them home. 
Well, it's so nice to take kids out and do something like that as well. We have good opportunities for that, and you can really have a lot of success doing that. You know, you can you know maybe incorporate a second rod stamp in, and, and definitely, you know, we're talking about licenses. That's always something I like to talk about is, is that youth still do need a second rod stamp if you're heading out there. But on, on a side note there, but, um, you know, maybe throw out a power bait line on one and then, and then give them a hard lure to cast. You know, give them like a Johnson splinter or, you know, some kind of some of your Johnson minnow spin. Those are always really good. There's enough weight they can cast them easily, and you can leave the one rod and let it sit there and then kind of work your shoreline edges uh, with a, a lure to cast. You can really walk away with, you know, a, a good handful of fish after a day and, and keep kids really entertained. Now, Austin, if you were going to head out, we got two really nice days and we got the weather changing. Over the next couple days and then going into next week, whether it's advanced or basic, where would you send somebody if they came in looking for places to fish? So if you're talking about advanced, the Cherry Creek bite has been pretty good lately. We're dealing with post-spawn conditions, so the fish are down a little bit deeper and suspended just to touch off the bottom. So running some lead core with, with things like flicker shads or a Berkeley bad shad, a lot of times you're going with the colors of what I can consider a little bit hotter, you know, your pinks and your purples, maybe a few oranges to mix in. But that has been really good. But if you're looking to just take some kids out, you know, Chatfield with the stocking that they've been doing on the eastern side, that has been, you know, a really good option. The access is a little bit funky, so if you're looking to maybe get away from some people, you know, spread out a little bit, I would maybe go to Aurora as well. So Aurora has some good stocking that's been happening out there. You could potentially have some walleyes up shallow if you want to catch those, but your trout action is going to be fantastic. And uh, you are, you're guiding, obviously. Do you have some trips coming up available people might be interested in? We're going to be getting after that here coming up. So, um, you know, we're dealing with the, 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 you know, some of the weather patterns over this next week, um, you know, this weekend I'm, I'm full up right now, but as we get everything back, uh, as far as your, your weather patterns and your pressures to stabilize, we'll be getting back after the, uh, the pre-spawn bite coming up here next week. So how do people find you? So I, my phone number is 303-514-5546, but I also run discount fishing tackle on South Santa Fe drive. We're six blocks south of, Santa, of Evans on Santa Fe. And I'm down here typically five days a week. A lot of times you'll catch me better in the afternoons, particularly during guide season. I'll be out there guiding in the morning and down here in the afternoon. And I'll bet you would share some of this information with people. Would love to. We can walk through all this stuff on the show, um, talk to you about it, show you right in person, and uh, you know, get you out there and get you in the right direction. All right, my friend. Thank you for that, and we'll be talking to you again soon. Thank you so much, Terry. I really appreciate it. You bet. Austin Parr. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Honey Smoked Fish Company's Smoked Salmon. The secret is in the fire. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Sun Power Sports, Colorado's largest ATV and motorcycle dealer. We're going to go right to the phones. And joining us from the Colorado hatcheries is uh, Riley Morris. Good morning, Riley. Good morning, Terry. How are you doing? Well, I'm doing great. What a beautiful day. I don't know where you're calling us from, but I'll bet it's, be- it's I think it's beautiful across the state today. Yeah, it looks looks pretty nice out there. I hope to uh, get out and uh, have some fun after we get done talking on the phone here. Well, you know, that's uh, there's a lot of fun to be had, and the hatchery system provides us with a lot of that. And you and I have spoken before, and I grew up in the Midwest, and, and well, my wife says I got older there. She says I never grew up. But I, grew, I was born in Minnesota, and growing up there, we did a lot of pan fishing, and there's a lot of panfish uh, in Colorado, but not like there is up in all the little lakes and ponds. In fact, I think you're from the Midwest, aren't you? Yeah, I'm actually from Wisconsin. And, and you know, you know what it was like. We could always find some little bluegill crappie, perch-type bites, and you can find that here. But the backbone of our 
that supports our, our weekend anglers and our recreational fishing and that gets people started and really gives them opportunity here in Colorado is our, our rainbow trout stocking program, isn't it? Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, I think rainbow trout are a great uh, fish to start with, whether you uh, are you know starting or trying to teach kids how to fish. Um, I think rainbows are pretty reasonable to catch. They're not uh, always overly challenging, but um, they can also be a great challenge for fly fishermen in a, a river or a stream environment. You're right. They can, you know, and as they adapt to their environment, they become a bigger challenge and they grow, so they provide ongoing recreation. But the hatchery system, and there's a couple different roles the hatchery system plays. We'll get to that in a second here. But uh, rainbow trout are uh, across North America are one of the favorite fish to stock. And that's, I believe, because they're easier to handle in hatcheries and they're less expensive, and then they do well after you you stock them. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, they they do well in a you know a hatchery setting. Uh, you can get them pretty dialed in to understand exactly how long it's going to take to grow an egg to a ten inch fish, uh, and then you can plan accordingly throughout the year um, so that you have those fish during the spring months when you want to stock them uh, at a ten inch size. So. Yeah, it's it's definitely, um, you have a better handle on how many fish you're going to get at the end of your production cycle, too, whereas with warm water fish, um, sometimes you're you're just guessing. You're raising them in a pond. You don't always know how many are, you're going to end up with. So trout are a great fish for to raise in a hatchery. Now, before we get to the, the catchables that are stocked and the put-and-take type fishing, you also do stock sub-catchables. I just want to touch on those for a minute. Those are typically stocked in select lakes and a lot of rivers, allowed to grow more like a wild fish. Is that right? Exactly right. We, we stock uh, millions of three- to five-inch trout on uh, rivers throughout the state, and the idea there is uh, those that's more of a natural environment for those trout. They're going to grow. They're going to adapt to the, the river system, and they're going to be a, a good challenge, a good fishing challenge for people as they, they grow to that 10, 12, you know, even larger size in those rivers. And those fish also are, I guess there's some hope that a lot of those rivers, and because of the new, what you're doing with some of the new Hofer uh, rainbows and things, uh, you know, we had the whirling disease issues for many years. We seem to be making quite a bit of headway, but you're hopeful that those fish are also going to reproduce in those environments, right? Oh, definitely. Yeah, we're, we're working towards that. We're moving forward in, uh, you know, waters that traditionally uh, we didn't have to stock a lot of fish in, like the, the Black Canyon of the Gunnison and the headwaters of the Colorado and there's a lot of research ongoing, um, but that hofer fish that has the, the natural resistance to whirling disease is kind of a key component, and we have been uh, using those fish in the hatchery system and stocking them for a number of years now. Now, you do cross those with some other um, subspecies, right? You're trying to develop the best fish you can for Colorado waters. Yeah, that's that's true. We were, we're cr- crossing them with uh, we we were crossing them with uh, what we call the Colorado River Rainbow, which obviously was from the Colorado River drainage. And now we're working with a Gunnison River rainbow from the uh, kind of that uh, east portal of the Black Canyon and the Gunnison. And those those fish show a lot of promise as a vigorous river fish, but they also maintain that whirling disease resistance, which is great. Yeah, so hopefully we'll see more and more of those. And, of course, the, the more fish we can get to reproduce themselves, obviously it takes pressure off you guys to have to produce more in the hatchery and provides, you know, a wilder fish that in some cases can be a better experience. But let's move on to the 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 catchables uh, the, uh, that you do stock and what the purpose and what kind of advantage people can take of those? Because I think it's a tremendous program. Now, 
uh, you raise trout to stock to an average of about 10 inches for these put-and-take stock trout. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, a lot of, you know, and especially when we're, we're stocking fish out on the um, up and down the front range and even further east than that, um, some of those waters are just going to get too warm in the summer for those, those fish to even uh, make it through a, an annual cycle. So we want those fish to be caught. That's the whole idea. And, you know, every year there's, there's more people in Colorado, a little more pressure. So like you said, if we can, you know, get natural reproduction in some places, but also we'll do our best to, to stock all these small ponds out here up and down the front range. And we want people to go out and catch those fish. And we're stocking uh, the northeast region of the state is, has got 200,000 fish already this year. 10-inch fish, so uh, they're out there and ready to be caught. Well, in fact, didn't you do a little earlier stocking this year because of the weather? Yeah, of course. A lot of a lot of people obviously know uh, we didn't get a lot of snow this winter. A few of our hatcheries, um, and actually more so in the southwest part of the state, they're actually seeing a decline in their water flows at the hatcheries, and that's forcing them to uh, start stocking out these 10-inch fish a little bit earlier than they might like to. So yeah, they're, they're going after it already, getting those fish out, um, wherever they can, wherever the waters are open. Well, and you know, and the other, the flips of the, another thing we mentioned the segment just before you is that you guys also stock fairly heavily, a lot of waters in the fall, both so they get some growth over the winter, but to accommodate ice anglers. And we didn't get a lot of good stable ice on the front range this year. So there's a lot of those fall holdover fish too. Yeah, definitely. Those fish, uh, there's probably a lot more larger fish available. Uh, so that's uh, another good opportunity for people to get out there and, and maybe catch some fish uh, a fair bit over that 10-inch size. Well, and I want to talk about the stocking before, before I let you go. But before, let's mention, too, that you know a lot of our front-range lakes, like Chatfield and Horsetooth and Aurora, um, when fish do get stocked in there, they're deep enough and cold enough where there's fish that hold over for years. And once those fish get big enough to eat shad or whatever the other forage base in there, these reservoirs, you don't see a lot of them in the summer. You see them in the spring and fall. But these reservoirs around up and down the front range can easily produce trout up to 10 pounds. Yeah, you can see some really big trout. And you and I talked about Pueblo a little bit too. That's another place where uh, I, I definitely saw some very large trout uh, when we were doing the walleye spawn a couple of years ago. So they're out there. It's going to take a little time and a little effort to figure them out, probably, but the opportunity is there. But now it's got a nice weekend. Somebody wants to take the kids fishing, or I'm like 12 years old if I know I can go catch fish, so it doesn't really matter. I want to get out. So one of the best things to do, and there's nothing wrong, we want you to catch these fish, is go to the stocking report and see where they've been put in, isn't it? That's the whole purpose of the stocking report. You got it. Yeah, we want people to, you know, we don't want to hide where the fish are. We want people to know, and we want them to get out there and have an opportunity to be successful. And right, you know, if you can go back and you archives, you can go back, you can see what was stocked last fall, what was stocked already this spring, how recently it was stocked. And you can kind of even plan your techniques. If you know that something was stocked within the last week or two, there's a pretty good chance if you just go soak some power bait on a hook and a a sinker uh, in the area where they were probably stocked, you're probably going to catch some of those fish. They're pretty readily attracted to that type of bait. One of the things I suggest is put a rod out there, have two rod stamps, or have your kid have one out there like that, or you have one out there. You can't chum in Colorado, but power bait kind of does draw those fish in. And then maybe have a little spinner or a spoon that somebody can cast, and you have kind of a a one-two punch. And, boy, you can go out in some of these places. I told a, a gentleman wanted to know where to take his kid. He sent me an email uh, last year, and you had just stocked one of the smaller lakes. And I told him, he emailed me back. He said, I never left that spot. We caught so many fish. And it's just a good time. 
Yeah, that's great. That's great to hear. And it's, it's great to hear kids being successful catching fish. I mean, we, we want to introduce kids to fishing, obviously, and, um, you know, create future anglers that are, you know, going to help support us by buying fishing licenses. Well, well, Riley, we got to let you go, but there really is no better time than go chase these stock trout than right now in the front range, is there? That's absolutely true. Um, you know, at some point in the summer, the water is going to be so warm, they're going to be probably in the deepest part of the lake and pretty inaccessible. So right now, water temperatures are, are good for those trout to be active and, and should be a good time to go catch them. All right. Hey, thanks for all the input and thanks for the opportunities for fishermen that you guys provide through this program. You bet. We enjoy doing it. Thanks, Riley. All right. Thanks, Terry. You bet. We're going to go right back to the phones. And somebody who also cares about kids fishing, but he's a kid himself when he gets a rod in his hand, and that's Ray from Adventure Camper. Good morning, Ray. Hey, Terry. How are you doing? I'm doing well. You know, I want to mention, too, that you're going to have a seminar for kids fishing coming up. It's about a little over a month away yet, but we'll make sure people mark it on their calendar. But I tell you what, I don't care what age you are. When there's steady action, you're catching fish, you can take a couple home for the pan. I'm like 12 years old. There's nothing more fun than feeling a fish on the end of the line, is there? No. I just, I just, you know, I just, I, I just, I don't care. I like to catch fish. I have fun. There you go. I have there a good go. time. And yeah, we're going to have, uh, Brad's going to do a series of uh, seminars for us, fishing-related seminars. So I think it'll be uh, fun for the kids and fun for the parents and uh, maybe learn some new things in the process. So that's going to be May 12th, and we'll have more. There's going to be a lot going on at your place May 12th. I'm going to broadcast from there. We'll give people more of a heads up. We just want them to mark that date. That's the Saturday before Mother's Day. So you can bring Mom out, and you can buy her a brand-new camper, and then you can get learn to fish. You'll be, and you'll be a hero for doing it, too. That's that, that'll sit real well with Mom. Well, that's right you know so you get to you know you get to pretend like you put a lot of thought into it there you go there you go there you go <laughs> so what else is going on at adventure camper right now ray well, we've got lots of great inventory. We've got a number of uh, off-road units with slide-outs from both Realite and from Viking. So a lot of your customers want to get further into the woods than just the normal campgrounds. They can do it with some of these new trailers. And we've got some great sales on larger 24-footers uh, from Sonoma. So we've got lots of great deals for sales right now. And, and uh, the rental business is starting to fill up. So if you're planning a trip for Memorial Day or June, it's time to get uh, making some reservations for rentals if that's what you're doing. Yeah, we should tell people again, you you sell towables and you rent towables. You don't do the big motorhomes there. It's all camper towables. But yes, you sir. both rent and sell and you have a great selection. And if people want to come down and either look at something to rent and you know when you rent them, you rent an entire package to them. So they virtually can rent everything they need right there, right? You bet. You bet. We make it easy for them. Alright, so how do they find you then, Ray? Uh, we're physically near Arapaho Road and Jordan Road down in southeast Denver. Um, on the web, you can find us at www.adventurecamper.com. All right, my friend, we will talk to you next week. You enjoy this great weekend. I'm going to. You too, Terry. Thank right. you. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Sun Power Sports, Colorado's largest ATV and motorcycle dealer. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Honey Smoked Fish Company's Smoked Salmon. The secret is in the fire. Let's go to the phones. Patient, at least I hope patiently waiting. Took us a while to get to him, but we're certainly going to spend time with him. And we're going to be joined, joined now by Pete Furman over from James Robb State Park. Good morning, Pete. Hey, Jerry. How are you? You know, I'm doing really well. It, it's a beautiful day here on the Front Range. How are you doing over there on the West Slope? 
It is equally beautiful, I'm sure. Yeah, probably better. But you're biased. You love that area. But I know why. What a great area you live in. You know, for people who aren't familiar with your park, it's set up a little differently. Kind of tell them about it. Just describe it and tell them where it's located. Sure. It's a river-based park in Mesa County. So it follows the Colorado River, and it runs roughly east, about seven miles east of Palisade. And then it runs to the city of Fruta and kind of snakes through uh, the city of Grand Junction as it uh, moves to the west also. And I know you've got some uh, news about some trails and things, but before we even get to that, you have uh, a few campgrounds spread along the river through the park. Is that right? Yeah, both both wings, I guess, or, or the furthest east is Island Acres. That has camping. And the furthest west, uh, which is Fruta, that also has camping. Now, um, Go ahead. go ahead. No, I was going to say, go ahead, finish that. No, so you've got that, and then you've also got the recreational opportunities in both areas. Um, you know, both areas have the fishing. Uh, they have full-service campgrounds, and then, you know, the people that stay at Island Acres typically access Palisade, and will have pretty soon ready access to the Cameo shooting range. People over in Fruta uh, maybe are concentrating a little more on the mountain biking, the road biking that that area offers. Well, and you have great, I want to talk more about this, you have really a lot of activities there. Now, you mentioned the fishing, and you and I both agree that you probably wouldn't look at those parks as a fishing destination, but as a destination that once you're there, you can fish, and you can have a lot of fun. You've got panfish and catfish and bluegill, blue uh, bullheads, and, and I think some stock trout in those ponds, is that right? Yeah, they're actually stocking trout, and then depending on where the exact uh, body water is, uh, we're also seeing black crappie and largemouth, largemouth bass. Uh, it has to be out of the floodplain, basically, because of the endangered fish program. Uh, but uh, you're having some warm water fish that you can catch also in some of these areas. And there is some access to the river, which does provide some fishing, whether right there at the park or you go back up towards the canyons. And there's some pretty, say, there can be some pretty good river fishing. But one of the key, I think, activities, well, my key activity when I come over and stay at your place is to go to the wineries. But I, I don't know if I'm supposed to say that on the air. Because <laughs> <laughs> I love, uh, that's really developed. It's beautiful to go go through those vineyards and, and you know, just see what what's happened over there. But you're actually close to a lot of other recreation. You mentioned the biking. We'll get back to that. But aren't you pretty close to a lot of areas, too, where there's, like, four-wheel drive and ATV and that type of access also? Absolutely. Uh, so you've got North Rita Desert. You've also got on top of the um, Mesa, the Grand Mesa, and then the Uncompagre Plateau. Uh, so basically Grand Junction is surrounded by mountains uh, that are – that provide recreational opportunities throughout. And then, you know, as you were mentioning, you've got the road biking that you can do within the valley and then kind of the agritourism that you could do within the valley. When you just finished extending a trail, I believe, tell us about that trail system and how it adds to the biking experience. Correct. So you've got, there's a riverfront trail that this has been a long-term project that started essentially in the 80s. And the two most recent additions, you can ride now all the way from Loma um, to east of Grand Junction, and with the exception of a small section of road, uh, about a mile and a half in length, you're on the riverfront trail throughout. Uh, so they've really made a lot of progress in the last, you know, by the, if you have anyone coming up in this summer, you'll be able to hit that link between Fruta and Loma. So that'll be new. And then also we're able to get uh, people underneath a pretty 
busy roadway uh, to keep them on the riverfront trail, and, and that's in Grand Junction. So those are two critical links that are going to be completed. Well, we talk all the time about the different types of outdoor recreation in Colorado, and both biking, mountain biking and road biking are a huge part of that. They're very popular here, and people do them as individuals, and there's so many levels they do them at, too. They do them as individuals. They, they do them at a high workout level, but a lot of them do as families just to go and see an area, too, don't they? Sure, and the Riverfront Trail will serve all those purposes. And then if you wanted to, to get more elevation climb, you could go onto the National Monument and do that loop, uh, which is you'll get your elevation climb. Yeah, that's uh, for but sure. But we're right next to that also. So, that, yeah, there's there's plenty of opportunities for um, experiencing biking. Uh, there are pump tracks right across from the Fruta State Park section. Uh, so you can – it's everything from little kids that are just learning how to ride a bike uh, up to advanced competitors, and there's something for all of them. Well, and while you're on those trails or at those parks, there's some wildlife watching opportunities too. Among them, I understand you've got both eagles and osprey in your area right now. Yeah, and that's one of the things. I guess as a as a manager, uh, I really enjoy watching. You've got you've got a year round population of both, uh, and seeing both of them interact uh, is is pretty neat. Um, and then. You know, because you've got a river-based park, you also have a lot of wetlands. We're trying to improve the condition of those wetlands and increase waterfowl hunting opportunities. Uh, so there's just a variety of things that you can do. And, and certainly as a manager, I enjoy um, trying to improve the habitat and improve the uh, recreational opportunities in the park. Can most of the people, do they know if they're watching an eagle or an osprey? They actually fish quite differently. They do. And so, yeah, I would say if they're... If they're seasoned, uh, then, yeah, they know the difference. Uh, where, where we start to get more questions, I mean, people know what a bald eagle looks like, uh, but they don't necessarily know what an immature bald eagle looks like. And so that's when you start to see people not knowing the exact difference between the two, and, and we just let them know what, the, what those differences are. Well, and I've watched, and I don't know what your experience is in the park, but I've watched eagles come down and dip those talons and pick a fish they see by the surface. But then I've seen osprey come in like a dive bomber and disappear and come up with a fish. Sure. So you'll see that. And then, you know, you'll see the eagles. Uh, if an osprey has success, you'll see the eagles try to harass that osprey and take its food from it. So yeah, I mean, you'll see different things. They're all opportunists. No, they are. Hey, before we let you go, a couple more things, too. First of all, you really do have great weather over there. It starts to warm up earlier than here, even, and probably will stay warm now for quite a while. Yeah, we our temperatures warm up a little bit. Once you get into you know July and August, you'd probably, if you're doing outdoor activities, uh, you'd either want to go higher elevation or you'd want to do it early in the morning or, or later in the afternoon um, because it, it gets plenty warm in the summer. Uh, but the nice thing is, is our our more temperate or, or nicer weather, what I would say, kind of starts in March uh, and doesn't really end until late October, early November. Now, you mentioned, before I let you go, too, you mentioned the waterfall, and that probably won't come into play now until fall. But you really do. You are building more access and more blinds. Are those by reservation, or do you say first come, first serve? How do people use those waterfall blinds if they want to? Well, it's by reservation, um, but if no one has a reservation, then it can be first come, first serve. Now, there are certain areas that they have days re uh, dates restricted, uh, and the only one that I manage that has a date restriction is we've got one kind of on the east side of the valley 
Um, it's the 34 road blind. That's a weekend only situation. And also you have to have reservations and that's just because it's kind of in a, a narrow piece of our property that adjoins some private property and, and that's why we need to be nice to our neighbors. Now, the other thing I'll just mention real quick is in addition to everything we talked, your parks have activities all the time. In fact, I think you have a concert series there. Sure. I appreciate you taking that up. Um, so, yeah, if if folks are coming over, one thing that may add to reason or maybe uh, certainly provide an enjoyable activity that they can do is we've got something called the Riverfront Concert Series, and it, fun, it helps fund the expansion of that Riverfront Trail. But you know, we've got Chris Hillman on May 24th, and he was the lead singer for the Desert Rose Band. Uh, we've got John McEwen, who was with the New Degree Dirt Band. He's on June And 14th. with the birds, too. Yeah. Um, and then you've got Bellamy Brothers on the 9th of August. Uh, so all of these concerts, you know, you have to pay for the printing of the tickets, um, but it's, it comes out at roughly about $3 a ticket, and then you need to get a park pass. Uh, depending on how many people are in your vehicle, but otherwise the concert's free. Um, and so it really provides an outstanding opportunity for, for certainly the local folks, but if you were going to be in the area anyway, uh, that's a great opportunity to maybe camp in the park, fish, and then spend the night at a concert and then go see the wineries or, or whatever you wanted to do. Well, we're out of time, but what a great place just to come and spend time in the outdoors, whether you pick an activity or you just want to enjoy the beauty. Pete, thank you so much for bringing us up to date on your park. All right, appreciate it. Thanks. Yeah, that's Pete from uh, Rob. Um, the Rob, I always get the name wrong. It's it's the James Rob Park over on the Colorado River on the West Slope. Terry Wicks from Outdoors is brought to you in part by Honey Smoked Fish Company. Smoked salmon. The secret is in the fire. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Sun Power Sports, Colorado's largest ATV and motorcycle dealer. And if you've been paying attention over the last couple months, you know that uh, this radio show is celebrating 20 years on the air. And we're doing some, uh, some special things in conjunction with that. I mean, first of all, we're just so grateful to you, the listeners, that we've been on the air 20 years. Uh, we couldn't do it without you. And some of the comments we've gotten on our Facebook page um, are just very humbling, and they make us feel so good. We've gotten such great comments. And, you know, we want your feedback on our Facebook page. Go to Facebook and tell us what you want us to talk about. Tell us what you'd like us to uh you know, to cover, but also go there because you're going to get a lot of information. We, we post on Facebook what's coming up on the show. We post uh, tackle talks that we do. I'm going to do a tackle talk later this uh, show. We'll post that on our Facebook page. And we also are doing, uh, in conjunction with our 20 years on the radio, uh, uh, Terry's 20 years of trivia. Now, Honey Smoked Fish Companies. Uh, been a sponsor of ours for many, many years. And it's been easy to represent the Honey Smoked Fish Company. You know, they're a Colorado company, family-owned. They're located right here in you know in Colorado, right over uh, in Aurora, actually, just off of Tower Road. And they're just, but their product is fantastic. I've been through their facility, and it's just immaculate. They don't take any shortcuts. And when you taste the product, you're going to understand. If you've never tasted Honey Smoked Fish Company Smoked Salmon, you're really missing out. So what they decided to do in conjunction with our 20 years on the uh, on the air was donate 
gift certificates worth about $99 each for you to get Honey Smoked Fish Company smoked salmon delivered right to your door. Now, here's how it works. Karen occasionally on our Facebook page will go on and post uh, tidbits of trivia from 20 years of Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on radio. And then occasionally we're going to ask questions and we'll have you either text or call. Pay attention because we're only going to do one or the other each week. Or when, when we do it, we're not going to do one every week. But the answer to our trivia question will be in that tidbits of trivia on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook. So if you follow us on Facebook, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, or at least like us on Facebook, you're going to know when those are up. And so then you, if you happen to win, you're going to get this this fantastic, uh, it's, it's packed in uh, ice, I believe, but it's, it's packed. It's not frozen. It's fresh. Honey smoked salmon is always fresh, but you get several packages of smoked salmon uh, delivered in a refrigerated package right to your door, and you'll get to try it. And once you try it, you'll be sold on it. It's fantastic. In fact, let's do, um, let's do one of the tidbits of trivia questions for a $99 honey smoked package right now. This show has been on the air, as I said, 20 years. For the first several years, when I was gone on assignment, we would pre-record the show, and then they would air it on Saturday. And while it was okay, I never liked that concept, because we try to give up-to-the-date information, what's happening right now on this show. So many years ago, I think over a decade, uh, Chad Lachance and Mike Evans, who you hear right on this station every morning, did the first live fill-in when I was gone on assignment. The first time the show aired without me in the studio was with Mike Evans and Chad Lachance. And now, as you know, if you followed us, we have several fill-in hosts. So the first one to text to 30... You know, I just told you the answer. So the first one to text, I guess the first one to text is going to get a honey smoke thing because I just told you the answer to the question. Text us at 303... 713-1043. That was pretty good of me. So that made it pretty easy for you. (laughs) I wasn't supposed to give you the answer. Well, now you know. Anyway, those are the two. That's how it's going to work, only I'm normally not going to give you the answer. So the first one that listens and says they're following on Facebook and know about our tidbits of trivia will give you the Honey Smoke Fish Company's gift card. And, you know, what can I say? It's just... uh, the host made a screw up after 20 years. I'm allowed for one, right? But anyway, it's going to be fantastic. You're going to get to try the great salmon from Honey Smoked Fish Company. You're going to get to find out moments from 20 years of Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on radio. We'll take a time out. When we come back, we'll be joined by Nate Zielinski right here on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, presented in part by Sun Power Sports, Colorado's largest ATV and motorcycle dealer.